I like the song too. It's well done. They wrote that. That that new one. Yeah. I don't think everyone got that when you said it. Like, uh, so that was really really cool. So I think was it? Did you kind of start it? Yeah, you get the naming rights, and all the all the money goes to you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depending on how the lawyers get involved, but um, um, anyway. So yeah, so it's been a really cool collaboration for them over over kind of the season of lockdown and being able to meet in smaller groups as a teams. They've as a team, they've been kind of meeting together, and and I think that's so neat, you know, to be able to. Um, gather in the midst of the season and the times that we find ourselves in and continue to worship and continue to um, be part of of the narrative of, of expressing our in word and song our hearts toward God. It's very well done. Maybe another round of applause. She's still a tough crowd, eh? Oh. I was thinking maybe over time we've softened, but no. Now nah, we'll get there. Hey, I wanted to oh, get used to all this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to level one. It's good, eh? Yeah. <laughs> right. Welcome to the results from last Oh, no, no, I won't say that, no. <laughs> Some will be. Uh, they're they're genu genuinely, honestly, truthfully, seriously. Um, you know, we will be coming back into gathering together with all manner of emotions, all manner of you know, what, you know ideals, worldviews, perspectives. And there's something really, really special about gathering in this place, not necessarily the community center, but but gathering in a place where we gather together as followers of Jesus or those people who are interested in knowing what it is to be a follower of Jesus and and all of the other things hopefully we can lay those things down and and I just loved particularly the so much of the songs that we sung this morning are reminding us again of the person of Jesus of, of the Godhead of Jesus, who was fully God and fully man. And this morning, it's kind of, a, it's, it's been wonderful. We've, we've been, if you remember online, if you, those of you who weren't online, we kind of, which was just last week, I guess. Um, I'm going to have to work on my ums again. See, I've fallen all out of the disciplines. We have been looking at our, our sort of sermon series with the with the tribe over in tribe which is our kids program if you haven't ever seen it maybe make your way over there this afternoon after the service is finished and have a look but in the back corner there is there are three signs that say um, fun friendship and faith and it's something that the tribe team had done probably last year maybe even earlier than that where they were kind of really just as a team gathering together what what do we want tribe to be? What do we want? What are our, our core values? What do we want each gathering to be like? And I was saying in our, in our videos on, on the Facebook Live thing, I was particularly frustrated and, and kind of like, oh, what, what is this all about? What, uh, with the whole sort of jumping in and out of 
meeting live and being online, that kind of thing, and, and just feeling really the effect of not having kind of any sense of, well, the plans that we had were quite hilarious um, in, in, in sight of the, how things had worked out, and just really struggling with what, what, God, what in the world do you want us to look at? And I was cleaning the factory um, just to earn some more brownie points in eternity, you know, vacuuming and... Uh, like, does, does anyone know how the bathrooms get cleaned in the factory? Like, and they're gross. Those bathrooms are bad. It's me. No, don't. There's my reward. It's all gone. Oh, look, see? Oh, I didn't think that through. That's, man. Anyway, so I looked at those signs. I'm just kidding, by the way. I actually really enjoy cleaning the factory. I... I really do, and those of you who know me were like, yeah, that's actually really true. It's so sad, but very, very true. Um, and so I looked in the corner and saw fun, friendship, and faith. And I really genuinely felt like God say, there you go, do that. And it was immediately like, oh, do you have anything else? Like, that's, <laughs> like, uh, fun? Like, what, what's fun in 2020? Like, who? Anyway. So we kind of have been going through that. So fun, we looked at fun, and we did this online. If you haven't seen it, maybe have a go back and, and have a look through. But it's that idea of fun, of joy. That there is something about, about being a follower of Jesus that, that can be, should be, ought to be. We have the invitation to be marked, our life marked by joy, by fun. And that isn't kind of like a an Instagram sort of fun that's, that's false or can be false or fake or for a, splitting, a fleeting second while, while the image is taken and then, and then real life. You know, we have, we have an invitation in our journey of faith to embrace fun and joy no matter what the circumstance, no matter what our situations are. Friendship. Now, well, that's big. I mean, either any one of these. I'm, I'm imagine that when the tribe team came up with these three, like we could do, we could do a sermon series on a term on each and every one of them. But we chose to sort of look at with friendship that idea of of being able to see God as a friend. And I don't know about about you, but for me, that's is a really, really can be a very difficult thing to sort of get your head around. God is is scary. He can be a long way off. He can be angry. He can be like a cosmic Santa Claus. He can be lots of things. But oftentimes, well, we can see him that way, sorry. Um, but, but it's very difficult, depending on where we've come from, to see God as friend, to know that he desires to be our friend and for us to be his friend, to see him in that way. And that as, as a fo- if we are followers of Jesus, that we see God that way, but we also see one another that way. And again, it sounds really simple and lovely. Let's all just be friends. But I was going to say, look to your neighbor and say, it's hard to be friends with you. But that's a terrible thing to do. I would have said that if I was sitting with Angelo on the couch. We would say that to each other, right? Look, it's hard to be friends with you sometimes. Yeah, she's here. She's, she's agreeing. She's got the biggest amen of the room. But that idea of, you know, friendship is, there's, there's a, what's required um, in friendship, if we're really genuinely being honest, is understanding of one another. 
you know, of, of being able to somehow get down and see the world through someone else's perspective. To, to live a life committed to, to friendship is to live a life committed to forgiveness. Maybe even undeserved forgiveness. It's, it's about to live a life of generosity, of, gener- of love, of acceptance of one another. Because isn't that what God, our friend, has done for us? And so this morning, we look at faith. So fun, friendship, and faith. And again, massive, massive topic. I'm going to have to work on... Oh yeah, we're all right. Changing times. But having a look at faith. And one of the things that I've missed most about gathering together here, other than worship, is being able to interact. And I love your feedback and being able to see your faces and all smiling and super ready to to participate. What comes to mind? There you go. That's your warm-up. You ready? What comes to mind when you think of faith? How would you describe faith, your faith? And there we go. Sorry? Mustard seed. Yep. Risk. Get out of the boat. Wonderful. For any, any, your own faith. How do you describe your own faith? Wonderful. Knowing. Oh, there we go. Trust. Surrender. Tentative. Excellent. Hopeful. Wonderful. I was thinking roller coaster. Anyone else relate to that? You know what I mean? Like challenging, yeah. Wonder, excellent. Yeah, journey. Sorry? Great. Belief in the faith of like uncertainty. Anyone else? Brilliant. White knuckle, you know, that could be a great picture of faith. No, genuinely. Yeah. Ooh, good word picture. Jigsaw puzzle. Yep. Let go of control. Anyone else? We can keep going. This could be our morning. All right, well, if you have a Bible or a device with a Bible on it, if you've got a device with a game on it, turn that off and go to your Bible app. And we're going to go to Hebrews, Hebrews 11. And really, Hebrews 11 starts um, with that very question, what then is faith? And so I'm going to do something a little bit different just because, hey, it's 2020, and what's What's different? What's the same anymore? But I'm going to have a look through. We're going to actually go, I'm going to read through and sort of jump in and out of paraphrasing and reading all of Hebrews 11 because it is that sense of asking the question. It's really, really worthwhile. And the writer, the writer of Hebrews is, is sort of looking at, this is kind of in the, in the actual letter in Scripture, is kind of we're basically reaching a, a pretty much a climax of, of Hebrews in this Hebrews 11. And I kind of looked at where a new time was going to 
going to get away from us. But really, it just wasn't, we weren't, I don't think it, we would be do it justice by not actually reading through a decent chunk of it because it will accomplish what, I'm, what I think um, I'm hoping to make our point. So Hebrews 11. What then, and I'm reading um, from the translation, the New Testament for Everyone, based on N.T. Wright. What then is faith? It is what gives assurance to our hopes. It is what gives us conviction about the things that we cannot see. It is what the men and women of old were famous for. It is by faith that we understand that the worlds were formed by God's word. In other words, that the visible world was not made from visible things. It was by faith that Abel offered a better sacrifice to God than Cain, that earned him the testimony of that that he excuse me, that earned the testimony that he was in the right, since God himself bore witness in relation to his gifts. Through faith he still speaks, even though he is dead. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up, so that he wasn't that so that he wouldn't see death. Nobody could find him because God took him up. Before he was taken up, you see, it was said, it had been said of him that he had pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to worship God must believe that he really does exist and that he rewards those who seek him. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of jump in and out from now on to paraphrase because the rest of, of Hebrews 11, is, we're going to hear this, it is by faith. And, and what it is, is this writer of Hebrews is doing for, for the initial readers or the initial hearers of this, but actually for just as much for us, is reminding us. This is a reminder. I think actually more as as any other time we need to be reminded of what faith is. That so, so you can read along or you can just close your eyes and listen. But that what this is, is reminding us, it's a recentering, it's a refocusing on what is faith. It is by faith that Noah, who had been warned by God about the things that were that about the things were that had not yet been seen but he took the warning seriously and he built an ark jumping ahead it was by faith that abraham when god called him he obeyed and he went out to a place where he was to receive his inheritance off he went not knowing where he was going it is by faith that he stayed in the promised land as a stranger living in tents with isaac is that me doing that living in a tent with Isaac and Jacob, who were joint heirs in the same promise. He was looking ahead, you see, to a city which, was, which, has, which has its foundations, the city in which God is the designer and the builder. It is by faith that Sarah herself, who was barren, received the ability to conceive a child even when long past the right age, since she considered God, she considered that God, who had, 
who had promised was trustworthy. Though it came about from one man and him more or less dead, that there was to be born a family as many as the stars in the heavens, and then, excuse me, in the heavens that numbered, as uncountable as the sand on the seashore. I don't know about you, I love the underlying sort of jokes. That feels like a joke in scripture. Like, do you hear that? So it is by faith that a man who is so dirt old and his wife who makes him look even younger because she's so dirt old and she's barren on top of that. It is but what faith looks like is those are the two people God is going to use to build a nation that's going to be bigger and greater than all of the sands on the seashore. That's what faith is. We have to be reminded of these things. That's what faith looks like. That's what God is like. Carrying on. In verse 13. All these people died in faith. Bit of a downer, you know, just when we're getting right to the climax. (laughs) All these people died in faith. They hadn't received the promise, but they had seen it from a far they had seen it far off. They had greeted it and had recognized that they were strangers and wanderers in this land. People who say that sort of thing you see make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. Had they been thinking excuse me, of the place in which they had set out, they would have surely turned back. But but as it was, they were longing for a better place, a heavenly place, a place that is why God is not ashamed to be be called their God, since he has prepared a city for them. And so it still is. Do you know, as followers of Jesus, we are still wanderers, we are still, you know, not in our home. I hope when you hear the word heaven or that heavenly city that we have enough from our previous times that we talked that, that it, this is not heaven in a, in a long way off one day when you die somewhere up in the clouds. It's talking about heaven as in like when the, Jesus taught us to pray, heaven, our, our Father in heaven. What that means is our Father who's as close as the air is to our skin. Do you remember that? so that we be people who are looking for the breaking in of God's kingdom, our home, our heavenly place, which is just right here, just about to break in. Carrying on, you know, like we, we, we keep going. It is by faith that Abraham, and we go through that, it is by faith that the things... Um, that we see that Isaac blessed his sons, Jacob and Esau. It is by faith that Jacob then, um, when he was dying, he blessed his sons and carries on. So what, he, what this writer is doing, if you haven't picked up on it, is, is pulling back all these people, all these stories of, of, of their faith journey, all of the people who have gone before. In this first century context, each one of these people, each one of these stories would call to mind so much more. What, we have, what we've lost, which they had, is this idea that all of us are part of a greater, longer, more beautiful story. 
And we're part, and their story is part of our story, and our story is part of their story. And what this writer is doing is is wanting us to remind ourselves of that. What I think what we need to do when we talk about faith in, in 2020 is remind ourselves that we are part of a story that has gone long before and will go on long after us. And it's a story of hope, and it's a story of faith, and it carries on. It is by faith, verse 23, when Moses was born, he was hidden for three months by his parents. Picking up all these things, it is by faith that when he left Egypt without fear of Pharaoh's anger, he kept going. It is by faith that the Israelites, they crossed over the Red Sea as though it were on dry ground while the Egyptians were still following them. It is by faith that the walls of Jericho fell down they had been encircled when they had been encircled for seven days. It is by faith, this is the very end of verse 31, it is by faith that the prostitute Rahab was not destroyed along with those who did not believe. She had welcomed the spies in peace. Again, like a little thing I love that the writer of Hebrews, I, I think for me it's one of the, um, one of the actual proofs that, that you can actually rely on Scripture as, as God's Word because why on earth in a list of champions of faith would you one, include a woman and two, include that that woman be a prostitute? Do you remember in our previous series, like you're talking about the lowest of the low of the low of society and how they viewed it. And yet God, what God's kingdom does, what faith does is picks the very lowest of the low and upholds them as champions of what faith looks like. I love that about who God is. I love that about his nature. I love that that's what faith is. And then we go on. What, what more can I say? This is verse 32. What more can I say? And, I, and like I've jumped around. So they obviously had a lot, a lot longer. Because here, what more can I say then? Because I've run out of time. They have a longer preaching time back then. They, they weren't held to 20 minutes. I've been paraphrasing the heck out of this. And he would have kept going. So... So, but, but he lists this, and, and it's so cool. Take this as a sign of, of the stories, this whole list. What more can I say? I'm running out of time. But there's Gideon, and there's Josephus, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets. You know, like when we look at faith, there's story after story after story. It would be totally, I think, biblically and theologically accurate to say in the story, but what about cherry and what about cherry? All oh, your cherries are together. Cherry and cherry and, and, and Alistair and Stephanie and, and Paul. And, you know, like what about these stories? All of these people... We'll jump to 39. All of these people gained a reputation for their faith because they did, even though they did not receive the promise, God has provided something better for us so that they wouldn't reach perfection without, without our doing, excuse me, without our being so as well. 
Did I read that totally? I think I muffed that up. All these people gained a reputation for their faith, but they didn't receive the promise. God has provided something better for us. You know, we've, we've sung that better over and over this morning. Jesus, God has provided something better for us so that they wouldn't reach perfection without our doing so as well. You know, I think in an age, and, and it's really a recent age where, we're, where so much of our faith, so much is about me. Don't, you know, we have our personal relationship with God. And, and listen, in the context of, of the story, that's really, really important. But I think we've almost swung too far into my faith journey, my personal relationship with God. Me, it's just me and God against the world. Or, or you, you know, there's, there's something more to faith that this scripture alludes us to, that I think we need to be reminded of, is that our faith journey, my faith journey, is part, a very beautiful, very important part of a much bigger, much more beautiful, much more gracious, much more forgiving, much more loving, much more inclusive, much more earth-shattering story of faith than just our little sentence in the story. couple of you agree. The rest are, no, no, it's all about me. <laughs> Time's going well. And so I just, I just wanted to... I'm hoping that, that just reading through and doing those few paraphrases really does do what that first century writer was wanting it to do, you know, 2,000 years later, is remind us again of, of who we are and where we've come from. Remind us of the stories of faith are not made up of rock stars and, and perfect people. You know, there's so many of, we, we know, even, even just in the story of Sarah, like, like her story, of, and, and this is just the snapshot. But remember that that isn't a perfect story. That's, that's a story of someone who, who held a promise, yes, and then tried to work it out on her own terms, tried to figure out God's plan in her own perspective. Can anyone relate? Again, that's, it's one of the things I most value and believe that Scripture is real is because it doesn't try to hide when we just do what we do, which is, you know, make some phenomenal mess-ups. And yet God. And yet God. And so faith, going back to, to the very beginning of what, what is faith, it gives assurance to our hopes I just wanted to pull out a few things. It gives assurance to our hope and it gives conviction to the things that we've not seen. And, and just, I just would love to remind us again of that idea of both of those statements are statements of tension, are they not? Like to have assurance in our hopes, that's tension. You know, to, to have conviction about what isn't seen. That's tension. And I think one of the greatest things that we can do as we continue to journey, no matter what our journey of faith stages is looking like, is be constantly aware of living in and walking in the tension of faith. 
the tension of belief. And what I mean by that is, is just that idea of, of faith can so easily become about assurance. Can't it? Like, can't we just become so confident in our assurance? Haven't we all met people who are just, you wonder, why do you even call it faith? Because you seem to know everything so perfectly and so accurately. I know no one in the room, but I'm sure we've met someone or seen someone online. You know, we, there's, there's that idea or sometimes that we can break the tension of by, by leaning so heavily on assurance of being right that we're not kind. Am I the only one? That we, we, be, we, we lean so heavily on, on being like sort of so confident, so assured that we push out the fact that so much of our faith journey is hope. And hope is, it's hope. Like, man, God, I hope this works. God, I hope you come through. You know, that we, we push out or we, we lose for the sake of being, being so assured, we forget that faith is about aspiration. It's about desire. Like, God, I, I want you to come through in this or I want you to move or I want to see this. That, that we lean into the, the expectation of what faith is. Am I the only one that would be severely, severely disappointed if this is faith? Like this is the culmination of faith? No offense, but I'm holding out for more. You know that there is the more or the the unknown or the mystery. I, th I think actually in our narrative, we need to embrace a lot more of the mystery of God. You know, one of the, I've, you know, one of the, probably the most profound books that I've read so far in my study is a guy called Peter Rollins, and it's How Not, How Not to Speak of God is the name of the book. Great title, even better book. I, lo I loved it. But there he talks about pretty short, you know, kind of a little bit, um, well, it's a theology book, but, but really, really, really brilliant book. But there he leans heavily into the idea of in every, in every revelation that we get of who God is, there's concealment. You know, how can we, how can we possibly know completely who God is? And he uses this great analogy, and, and I think we've all experienced it. How many times have we done in our listening time where someone comes up and gives a picture, and then someone else gives an interpretation, and like two or three other people bring a different interpretation to the exact same picture? That's, that's revelation and mystery. What, what God reveals to one person through a word or a picture or, or a situation or a circumstance is completely mystery, a mystery to someone else, but something totally different. I wonder if we could, I could invite us to continue in our faith journey is to lean into the mystery of, 
of the not yet of who God is or the yet to be experienced of who God is. And we become less and less comfortable feeling like we've got God and faith just figured out. Because I think in doing so, we miss out on so much more of what faith is. I'd just like to finish with, um, with this. And I think it's really, really worthwhile is in, oh, there it is. Gosh, I thought I lost my page. I was going to finish with this and that's it. Um, turn to Hebrews 12. So after, after this big picture, and, and have a look at it when you get home, really, really worthwhile. So after all of this big long list that takes all of Hebrews 11 of reminding us of, of who, who, are, who has gone before, how, how our story of faith is part of this long thread that stretches through all of history, then Hebrews 12, you turn the page and what about us then? Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Or what about me, isn't it? Oh, look, that's... What about me? It isn't fair. Oh, no, that's another series. <laughs> what about us then? We have such a great cloud of witnesses all around us. You know, in this faith series, in this faith morning, let's remember that we have such an amazing cloud of witnesses all around us. Like literally all around us and all around us who have gone before. All of heaven, which is close as the air is to our skin. What we must do is this. We must put aside each heavy weight and the sin that which gets in the way so easily. Should we do a calling out? What's the sin that gets in the way so easily? You're never calling out for that, eh? <laughs> but like immediately think about it. Like think about the heavy weight. Like doesn't that just, don't you have something that pops into mind straight away? No, you're not even giving me a nod. Wink twice in the left eye if you've got a sin that comes easy. <laughs> You know, like, but, but I read that and I just think, man, I know what that is for me. So how do we do that? The, the weight, I don't know, maybe the weight of feeling like you've got to have it all, all sorted out. Maybe that's a weight. One of the translations does, reads this a little bit differently, and it's, you can actually look at this in, in the idea of, because we talk we're, we're talking about a race or running a race or we're about to. You can think of it as of what the writer is saying is, what are those things that just get in the way of us getting going, of running the race? What are those things that sort of weigh us down, that, that hold us back, that make it hard to get out of bed in the morning? What are those things? The sin which gets in the way so easily. We must run the race that lies in front of us. We must run it patiently. We must look ahead to Jesus. He's the one who carved out the path for faith. And he's the one who brought it to completion. He knew that there was joy spread out waiting for him. That is why he endured the cross, making light of its shame. 
and, was, and has now taken his seat at the right hand of God's throne. You know, in our faith story, in, in looking at what fun, friendship, and faith is, is let's constantly remind ourselves of all those who have gone before and at the very center of all those who have gone before, of all that they have done and all of the reinforcing and amazingness of their stories of faith, there is Jesus. And he's standing there in the middle of all of them and he's, and he's encouraging us to keep going, to keep moving, to put aside those things that weigh us down, those things that can come so easily and yet cause us to stumble. Because he knows. So that's faith. Sorted? <laughs> I wanted to I wanted us to to finish this morning with just an invitation and and um and and prayer and I just asked Sandra before this week Alan is so during lockdown and everything we know from right, way back in level 4 Alan was um diagnosed with cancer of the esophagus he's you know, on top of all of the levels and ups and downs, he's gone through a terrible journey of chemotherapy and treatment, and that's finished. And now this week coming, Alan is, is booked in for surgery to remove a decent portion of the esophagus, reattach, and, and then treatment again later. And so what we'd love to do, what I'd love to do is, um, Sandra, if you want to just maybe stand where you are, because it's Alan's excuse me, journey, but it's Sandra's journey and it's their whole family's journey. And so friends, loved ones, gather around Sandra now. And I'd just love for us to finish and pray. And, and maybe I'll open it up. Is there anyone else that would just love to, um, for someone just to stand